Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. I'd like to welcome a special guest, Eugene Kappen. How you doing, man? Brother, I am doing fantastic. Every day I wake up, I look at the sky, and I go, I am happy to be on this earth today. It's always a good day when you're six feet, six feet above the ground, right? Beats being six feet under, right? <laughs> so, man, uh, tell me about yourself, what you do, man. Well, I'm a, um, so there's a, there's a wide variety of things I do that are all encompassed. Uh, the short answer is I'm a YouTuber. Uh, the long answer is I'm the CEO of a XR content creation and animation studio called Studio Cap'n. And we're, we're yeah, yeah, we're known for uh, creating the uh, in virtual reality talk show uh, glitched that ran for three seasons. And then I ended up writing a couple of other shows and, you know, doing various appearances on podcasts. <laughs> wow, man. So uh, how was it writing for that show, man? I mean, um... it was it was fantastic. It was um, it was a lot of, you know, we would do the weekly like prep work where you go in and you do the whole run through um, before your celebrity guest comes in. Um, and then it's, you know, a lot of like what sort of games or bits or, you know, comedic devices can you throw into an NBR talk show and you are basically limited to the, you know, your imagination and the developmental time of whatever you can make to fit into that world within the period of one week or the three months prior to launch of that series. Wow. So can you um, explain more about an NVR talk show just for those who, who have no idea? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically Glitched was a, a show that we did on a platform called Altspace. And when virtual reality first became a thing, uh, I was one of the first people who basically quit their job as I, I was an art director at a YouTube consulting agency called Press Play. And I discovered virtual reality was going to be a thing. And I went, hey, this is the future. Uh, I know none of the major headsets are out. Uh, I just tried this amazing experience. It was like this iron giant experience that a dev over at Microsoft or a, a animator or motion designer at Microsoft had created and showed off to uh, After Effects Seattle. 
which is the um, group that my co-host for our show actually started about 10 years ago. Uh, so I discovered that VR was going to be a thing. I quit my job and I pursued VR full-time. I followed everybody in the industry. And one of the people I had started following just happened to be hired at this platform called Altspace, uh, which was this in VR uh, social network, basically, where he was hired to put together 16 big shows. And some of these shows were like Reggie Watts, uh, Justin Roiland, who created this show called Rick and Morty. Uh, there was a channel, there was a show called Josh, which was this comedy group featuring Michael Sarah, uh, Sarah Silverman, and then Tim and Eric from the Tim and Eric show. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, no, it, it was a really, really cool roster. And then there was like us right at the bottom. Uh, I just happened to have one of those like blue celebrity check marks that you have on your Twitter. Uh, because I'd been working at a YouTube consulting agency and then speaking on VR as, as soon as it was available because I wanted this industry to grow because it was like a passion and it was, you know, so much love for everybody that was in there and I wanted to see it succeed. So we did uh, one season on Altspace. Uh, Altspace went under financially and a few months later, Microsoft actually bought them out. Um, wow. But we had developed this, you know, a uh, season of this experimental show. Nobody was getting paid for it. And that's when this company called High Fidelity, which was backed by Linden Labs. And are, are, you a, are you a big gamer by chance? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you ever play Second Life back in the day? No, that does sound familiar. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of documentaries and stuff on this, like, uh, social uh platform where everybody was basically had an avatar and they could fly around and build their own furniture and stuff so it was like a construct your own sandbox world um meets social platform and it, it was very ahead of its time well anyway uh philip rosedale who was the president and ceo of high fidelity basically went, hey, VR is a thing. That's what this was supposed to be. Let's go start a new version of it and call it High Fidelity. Well, they wanted people into their platform and they looked at Altspace and what they were doing and were like, hey, we need some of those guys over here. And so they called us up and was like, hey, um, you guys should come over to our platform. And we're like, well, they're plug and play. I mean, we had zero setup. With you, we would need three months runtime just to get something manageable to put a stage together and get avatars that look wow. like us. And and they were like, I'm like, so we're, we're going to need to see some dollars behind it. And they were like, okay, um, why don't we just buy a season from you guys? What? And, and so we were sponsorship like- Sponsorship, basically? Yeah, well, it, it was like, no, they basically, um, it was like a- we sold a show. We sold a show to a network, essentially. Uh, they're, they're a digital platform, but it's, it's basically along the same lines of selling a show to a network. And so, and I just want to make that very clear that they, they aren't, actually aren't uh, a network. They're, they're a social platform. So anyway, we uh, sold our first season to them, which was season two for us. And then they re-upped for a season three. And that's when we, you know, started to do a little bit of touring. We were the headliners at VRLA. 
Uh, we had YouTubers like Vertically Nerdgasm and I Justine, and um, we we did some podcast stuff. We, so we had like uh, Jake Roper from Vsauce Three or Vsauce Two, one of the Vsauces came <laughs> on the show. I, I feel bad that I don't know which version of Vsauce he was on. Uh, and then we had, you know, just this fantastic rotating cast of industry professionals who worked in VR and AR and social media. And then these internet celebrities that were pushing the forefront of what it means to be entertainment in this digital age. Wow, man, that's big. That's goals right there, man. Right? Now I'm just like, man, how do I top that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, it wasn't too bad. I ended up, uh getting hired for a small project from Skype right after writing them a show that never saw the light of day. Um, and now it's just, we do 360 animated films on, on YouTube. Oh my God. 360 animated films. Holy shit. So how is the editing process and all that for that? Is it like way different? Oh, it's so instead of like, you know, filming something and dropping it into, you know, Premiere or Final Cut and editing it all up. No, we have to like go into Maya or C4D and basically make all the 3D models and then place them into a platform like say After Effects with Element 3D or, you know, we can stick inside of a C4D. And then we do all of our animation and then we render out all the frames and then we uh, do all the music after the frames are all put together and any post-production or special effects that we have to do. Uh, And then we render it out as a 360 video and upload it to uh, YouTube and 360 videos take forever to process on YouTube. I feel like that's really something where YouTube is lacking is just like 360 support, even though they, um, they they have their own like 360 video program um, available. And it's so funny. The first round they did, it was like, if you have 10,000 subscribers, you can get in this program. And we had like 8,000 at the time. And then the following year, we're like, okay, we're, we're almost at 20,000. Let's take a look at like, they're like, oh, now it's 100,000. <laughs> we're like, God, missing the boat. <laughs> You know, that reminds me of uh, when I was about to turn 18 here, um, uh, the casino, the age to go to the casino was 18. And I was like, yes, I finally get to go. And then they, you know, change it to 21. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where, where in the world are you? Are you in like LA, Texas? Like, I'm in Arizona. Oh, you're in Arizona. Okay. Yep. Not as interesting as LA or Texas, but. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> up in Tacoma, Washington now. It, it's it's pretty not a lot going on but it's definitely pretty i'm like a five minute walk from discovery park which is the oh, biggest I... like uh uh was it public park in the united states i think holy shit right almost like um what was it in, in new york um i can't for, can't can't believe i forgot the name of the park it's a huge park in new york city um, I forgot my bad. <laughs> it's all good, <laughs> but uh, don't go jogging there. That's where people get murdered. You see them in uh, TV shows all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't be uh, don't be a white woman jogging at three a.m. <laughs> it's always it's always that. That's always a white woman. 
or but if you go anywhere else it's usually like a native woman who goes missing <laughs> the grandma puts a curse <laughs> no 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 like so there's this like huge um i i don't know there's like all these like missing native american women or, or first nations women um in the united states that go missing every year like a high amount and nobody talks about it oh shit dude that's crazy i, I honestly didn't know about that yeah uh it came to my attention because i'm actually from a reservation like, like I'm from the uh, Tulalip Indian Reservation. Like, that's where I grew up. And I went to, like, native schools until I got to high school. Damn, man. Did you get some good uh, peyote and stuff? I'm just uh, kidding, bro. <laughs> peyote is, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's like Asia. Because <laughs> uh, I used to know a native guy here, and uh, he, he gave me some peyote when I was in high school. And, um. Uh, just hanged out, smoked it, <laughs> go on vision trips. Well, like, so I didn't know how to do it because I was going to smoke it, but, like, it had this, like, fuzzy coating around it. And people are like, oh, that, that's poison. You could die. You have to boil it. What? So, so, like, I boiled it into a tea and I drank that. Trippy. <laughs> and then smoked a whole bunch of weed while I was boiling the tea. <laughs> oh, man. But, I'm uh I'm allergic to weed smoke. Really? Which which I so I I don't partake of weed. Like it's it's just not my thing. But here in Washington we have Hemp Fest. And Ooh. every year, well, not this year, but most years, uh it usually takes place on my birthday and that's where all my friends want to go. Oh my god, bro. Every year and you're allergic to it. Fuck. Yeah, bro. I, I gotta wear a mask if I go with them because I can't like inhale it or else like my throat will close up. Y'all really guys? Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a uh, God's cruel trick on me. <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah, I I think everybody is has like uh, you know, super amazing strengths. And then, like, something that just kicks you to, like, balance you out. Can't, can't keep you, you know, too Superman. You gotta, you know, everyone has to have their own kryptonite, I guess. For sure, man. Right? So, man, tell me more about uh, VR, man. That's a, that's man, a let's, very interesting You, you want to talk about, like, the metaverse and how we're going to eventually have the replacement of the internet? Holy shit, bro. So, is that, are you saying it's like a simulation or some shit? Okay, like so have you ever shape. seen? Okay, have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? Yes. Okay, so um, in that version of the world, uh, it's basically called the Oasis. Um, you know, in the Matrix, it was called the Matrix. You know, in you know Tron, it was called something else. Well, anyway, there's always this version in science fiction where people are putting on VR headsets and being teleported to another world, right? And usually it's, it's either done through a headset or through like a neural link to the back of your head, which I know Elon Musk is, you know, currently trying to develop that chip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you watch like Sword Art, uh, Sword Art Online, you know, fantastic anime, if anybody is, is interested. Well, anyway, so for a lot of years, we keep talking about this virtual world where everybody will be able to put on a headset or, or whatever else and go and basically live their second life, right? Wow. Right? So instead of going to the library and 
looking for books and stuff, you might put on a headset, be teleported to the library across, you know, wherever, and ha suddenly have access to every book ever made in, in wow. uh, a digital library. Or you might, you know, go, hey, I want to be a Jedi today and I'm going to fight, you know, blocks coming at me and that's how I'm going to work out. And that's, you know, when you start playing Beat Saber, right? Oh, dude, I always wanted to play that. I've seen so many videos of that and it looks so, so much fun. Me and, uh, me and my partner, uh, Topher, we get very competitive about Beat Saber. <laughs> and, and what we found out is he will always be better than me at any new level that comes out of the gate. But if we start doing it at the same rate, I, I eventually surpass him. And we, uh, we got sponsored to go to uh, VidCon one year. And most people don't know this, but there are two VidCons. One is the convention where all the fans go. And the other one is at a hotel down the street where all the influencers stay. The VIPs, huh? And that is the VIP. And we were, we were sponsored to be at the VIPs. Oh, fuck, man. That sounds so, like fun right there. Yeah, no, no. In like a span of 10 minutes, I saw like Jenna Marbles, Markiplier, and Freddie Wong just like hanging out all in, in, the, in the lounges and stuff. And there was this room where we were uh, and we were doing our podcast from and we were just bringing in influencers we found and, you know, they would, you know, sit and, you know, we would do the show. And whenever we weren't doing it, we would, of course, be roaming, networking, doing all the thing and all the MCNs that want like the big YouTubers over there, they buy rooms at these places and they pimp them out. And they basically go, hey, you know, if you like our style, you should, you know, sign with us. And I don't recommend signing with an MCN ever because <laughs> odds are, unless you're like the top 1% of YouTubers, um, they aren't going to care about you. Really? So they yeah. just use you basically? Yeah, they just use you to pump numbers. And they're like, yeah, look at all the free stuff we're going to give you. And it's like the same analytics cool tools that you're going to get with like TubeBuddy or Social Blade. That's, all, that's all it is. Also, they're, like YouTube has its own platform for getting sponsorships and stuff. Like you don't need an MCN unless you're trying to put together like a major uh, studio to produce like bigger content like films and stuff. Like it's just not needed. So anyway, we're going through the MCNs and downstairs – uh, we see some, they put up a, uh, a Beat Saber booth and we, we walked over like, oh, what's this? <laughs> right. <laughs> and he goes, oh, it's this great game called Beat Saber. Like Beat Saber, you should tell us how that works. Right. Bro, it sounds and, like grandma's boy when he did the dance off. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's exactly that. And I was like, dude. I was like, hey, man, uh, if my buddy beats the score by, you know, your top score because they were keeping brackets and the first place winner gets a guitar. Um, that was like the competition for the weekend. If my, if my buddy here beats it, the top score by at least 10%, can we get some free stuff? And I should have asked for the Nikes that they had because they were like, you know, yeah, we'll give you some T-shirts and, you know, all this other stuff and a duffel bag or whatever. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's – fucking doubles the score 
Holy and they shit. didn't reset it for his height. So he's like crouching the whole time, <laughs> destroying the previous. And then he shows up three more times over the weekend just to beat his own score. Just to show him what's up, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, no they called it a day early because nobody could get within 100,000 points of him. Fuck. No, he left with that Fender guitar. <laughs> and like... Fender was like, oh, no, here you go. They took pictures and everything, and they tweeted about it. It was great. Wow. So being that good at Beat Saber, he must be a really good Jedi, you know? Uh, I, I would say Topher's <laughs> probably top 100 in the world, <laughs> if not top 200. You know, it's, it's a great game, and I, I definitely think uh, VR sports are going to become more and more of a thing over the next couple of years. I mean, there's Beat Saber, there's Echo Arena. Uh, there was a, th- that Wizard game that was like Oculus exclusive for a while that they tried to do um, matches for. Oh, what man, about a I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, you know, there are, I, I bet Onward is probably going to become like mix match eventually. Get those like champion players all up in there. I see, no, there was like this little treadmill type of thing. That you could uh like um kind of oh the omni walk yes yes yeah I I've tried it uh I I don't like them <laughs> was it awkward oh it's so awkward like it doesn't hold your body in place well enough so if it, like I'm trying to run I'm like basically bent <laughs> over trying to run as hard as I can and the controls are not great so i'm like trying to play skyrim and shoot fireballs and we're like half in a wall <laughs> okay because yeah. i'm fat so i think it'd be more awkward for me you know? <laughs> uh i i would say probably get one of the sit ones mm. and then and then you can just run your feet and then it won't be so awkward <laughs> uh there's also the ones where you just kind of run in place and the the reasoning behind Okay, so I even though I think the technology isn't there uh, for like the OmniWalks or any sort of, you know, uh, VR treadmill, um, I, I think it's it's good that we're you know thinking of that because it's a potential solution to VR sickness. Oh, so nice. so yeah, yeah. So when you have when you play VR for a long period of time, if you're not adjusted, you'll get reports of people you know feeling sick playing it. And the reason behind that is because there is a disconnect between what you're visually seeing and the ear fl- inner ear fluid that you use for balance. And when there's that disconnect, your body goes, oh, hey, something's wrong. I better let you know. And that's where you're like, I'm starting to feel sick. But if you're constantly moving and you're being tracked accordingly and the frame rate is 60 frames or above, 90 would be best. Um, it starts solving that issue because your everything starts matching, you know, one to one. Holy shit, that's crazy! So, what do you think about the human mind? I mean, because obviously we have a frames per second, right? Mm-hmm. So that that matches the ninety of the VR. Uh, no, so basically, um, at ninety frames, you have trouble telling, you know, the the frame rate drop. Oh, so, so anything anything lower than this, you start noticing, you feel that disconnect, and then you start feel sick. 
Uh, I, I feel like the human mind is a little bit different for everybody because some people work very, very fast. Some people work very, very slow. And then some people have um, great GPS cells. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a little science on you. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, love it, bro. Oh, love it. All right. So um, your memory retention in VR is actually a lot higher than in uh, the real world what yeah and and the reason for this is inside of your brain you have this area called the hippocampus and that section of your brain is responsible for taking short-term memory and converting it into long-term memory so um and then inside of that you have what are called gps cells and that is your evolutionary response to being able to find your way back to your tribe or your home or, or your village, right? And so we, when we leave the house and we get in our car, they fire off. When we get to the edge of the street, they fire off. When we get to the highway, they fire off. When we get, you know, 10 miles down the road, they fire off. And it's basically making little genetic mental notes. You know, your synapses are firing off. Uh, so you can get home afterwards, you know, to, to your wow. safe space, you know, your, your place of safety so you can survive, so you can go out and forage and hunt later on. So right? that's the mental map kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, what, but what they found out, um, so there was this study done on mice where they took a mouse and they put them in a, a, a maze. And then they took another mouse and they put them on a rolling ball that was with a little VR headset and like screens around it, right? <laughs> yeah, so they're like capturing, you know, how the brain works and he's like looking on these uh, screens and when he runs on the ball, it moves the where you are in the screen, right? And what they found out was if you're in VR, those GPS cells fire off more frequently and randomly. Wow. So... So if you're in VR, you're going to have a higher retention of, of memory, memory recall and long-term memory based on that. So basically, if you want to learn a new skill, do it in VR because you'll get it a little bit faster. So it's literally like Neo in the Matrix when he's like, I know karate. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to that point where it's just downloading information. Uh, I know there's already tests being done uh, to basically install information directly into your brain holy fuck dude we're gonna get to that point it'll be amazing be like oh yeah i want to learn uh japanese oh konnichiwa you know then you get wi-fi directly to your brain i i th <laughs> that that'd be interesting <laughs> so in, uh, uh, so in vr i mean I, this is a little off topic but i, I just want to hear your opinion Sure. What do you think of VR porn? You think no, that's, that's, no, this is perfectly on, on topic. I mean, I just, I just had to throw it out there. <laughs> no, no. Um, on our show, we actually had Ella Darling, who was the um, very first, like, in VR porn actress. Whoa. So, we've, like, we, we met at a VRLA, and she came on our show several months later. And super nice, by the way. Just lovely person in general. Um, but she's a big old nerd. Like, she builds robots that... What? No, no. She builds, like, robots that people can control via, you know, Twitch chat. 
to like feed her dog <laughs> you know That's stuff like, crazy and stuff like this uh so anyway uh, I, I think porno- the porn industry drives innovation and technology. Uh, the reason we use DVDs over Blu-ray is because porn was, you know, on DVDs more yeah. <laughs> than, than they were on Blu-ray, right? Uh, and eventually will, because of the way that the porn industry is driving touch uh, sensory through like... Um, apparatuses that you attach to your genitals that transfer from one person to another uh i think touch suits are going to be uh developed even faster than they currently are now yeah like there's a there'll be like a couple sting right for distance relationships like there's a flashlight and like a vibrator well well, those actually exist already Mm -hmm. uh and they they measure like um rotation and warmth and you know a pulse for when you're going up and down on things and then they take that information and they send it over wi-fi or you know the internet and they try to duplicate it on the other side by the other sensory device so you think they'll have that technology but for a whole body suit oh probably i i would put money on it that's nuts i yeah i mean that's that's basically like a lot of rumble packs just put all over, right? Very true. Hey, just yeah. like that, that jacket you put on for uh, VR gaming when you get shot. It like So so you feel yourself getting hit? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ex- except for, you know, instead of just your chest and your arms, you get it for everywhere. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty badass. I never thought about that. Man, I, I feel... Uh, I feel anybody who's into pegging is going to heavily invest. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> oh, strap it on, boys. <laughs> wow. So um, VR, like I've never actually experienced it. I've always wanted to. Um, but um, technology advances so fast. And right. If if you had to guess, how close do you think we are to that oasis that you were talking about? Oh, until we get to the metaverse? Uh-huh. Uh, probably 10, 15 years. So do you think, um, I mean, that obviously that's exciting. And, um, oh, so so I, uh, I give talks on how to actually get to the metaverse. Um, and there, there's a couple of like key components that we're missing. We're not quite there yet. Uh, one is... <clears throat> Uh, internet access at a high rate. So basically, what what's really hard is to do um, virtual reality when you're trying to talk to somebody and you're trying to um, illustrate live action uh, audio and movement and environment to the rate that you need that ninety you know, frames a second, and then you need it to be instant. And when you're transferring information on a slow connection, it gets jaggy and bumped and and things don't load in right. And, you know, avatars start like glitching out and, you know, things like this. And it takes you out of the experience. So step one, uh, we need to make the internet uh, a utility and we need to get it to 6G. Because with 5G, you get about, you know, what, 100 gigs a second, right? With 6G, I think it's 30 terabytes a second. Fuck, man. Holy shit. Right? Can you imagine, like, trying to live stream on 30 terabytes a second wirelessly? 
It probably right. looked better than real life. <laughs> I can see the future. It's rendering ahead of time. I got a good idea. I might get hungry later, baby. Hold this hot dog for me. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're broke down. Oh, yeah. See, this is why when I transport weed, I only carry one gram on me, but I carry it in a, like an 800-pound safe. We are Happy Hour News team. Follow us. We love Florida, man. They say they go damaged. Damaged. They go damaged goods. Damaged goods. Oh, so we talk cars. Shooby dooby doo. Am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know where you're at, oh, I know where I'm at. Oh, but you just said, where am I? Well, I was trying to like. <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Fuck, there's a microphone. find another big yellow truck driving away. I think you've had too much We are happy our news We are happy our news You can't We are Happy Hour News Team. Follow us. Okay, so let's uh, let's get back around to to our regular regularly scheduled bullshit. <laughs> hey, you, yeah, you over there. Do you like paranormal stuff? You like abandoned places? You like to like go check out some historical stuff? Maybe you like food. Maybe you like good music. I don't like Black Flag or maybe Black Sabbath. Well, we do too. So come check us out at Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. That's Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. Peace. Um, so the, the second one is we need the headsets themselves and the PCs themselves to actually be high enough quality for enough textures to like load in and render and that sort of thing. And I, I think Stadia, Google Stadia is really interesting to me because everything can be um, produced on a server, you know, away from the end user. So you can get the most high quality render intensive game on your smartphone, right? You know, something that would take a, Twelve to fifteen thousand dollar PC, you can get on your you know two hundred dollar tablet, and it would look the same, right? Right now we're playing so, PUBG and Call of Duty on our phones now. <laughs> I mean, we're getting there, but I don't think it's there yet. So I think things like uh, Google Stadia are really promising because it takes the equation of render intensive PCs out and makes it more accessible. Um, and then with the VR headsets, we 
even though we have uh, there, there are a couple of headsets out there that are like human eye level, but they're like so expensive. The average person can't afford it. So we need the technology to catch up to what people can actually afford and then mix that with the utilities of the internet on 6G. You know, there you have it as far as accessibility. Uh, the next thing is interconnectivity and the ability to have representation of your you know, self imagery in VR. And I, I think VR chat is actually doing a really good job of this, but you need to have it cross platform. So when you can have a live version avatar of yourself, that's like photogrammetry and looks just like you, and you can be that version of you in, you know, PUBG or, or you know, whatever. Uh, when you, when you can be that person or version of you in, Beat Saber and you know any other VR game, you know that's 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 great. That's where self identity really comes into play. That's and if you want to, if you think you're a 12, 12 foot wolf man, you know, good for good for you. If if you don't identify as the skin you were born in, I mean, that's this is a perfect way to test run what you who you might be before you make any major decisions on, you know, your, your physical self. If, if you, if crazy. you were, if you were born um, a man and you really think you're a woman, uh, you can test run being in a skin that might feel more home to you before you actually pay tens of thousands of dollars to have, you know, surgeries that you feel are, are necessary. And you can wow. be, and you can verify that, no, this is the absolute correct decision for me. That's mind blowing. Cause there's actually many people that have the surgeries and years later they regret it, but wow, this is, this is amazing. You know, like you were saying, you right. can test run it. Yeah. And then the final thing uh, is that uh, for all of this is interconnectivity through uh, the different programs. So when we go to a web page, we can instantly load up a new web page. I mean, from one to another, right? Open up a social link. You know, it opens up Facebook. From there, we can open up uh, CNN news, or we can go to YouTube and watch a video. Uh, well, we can't do that with VR right now because it because loading programs is actually very render intensive. So you can't instantly teleport from, you know, VR chat to, to Beat Saber. It takes a few minutes for it to load up and get all the textures in and whatever mods or modifications that you have for your avatar or setup, you know, those have to be accounted for. But when you can actively open up a portal door in whatever game you're walking, whatever game you, you know, want to go to walk through it and instantly be there. I mean, that's when we've hit that stride of the metaverse. Whoa. So once we get all those things put into play, we are there. I give it a 10 to 15 year runway. We're working very hard on creating, you know, those experiences and how they interconnect with everything. Uh, and it's, it's up for guys like myself and, and my colleagues to really push the boundaries of what this technology can do versus socially and storytelling wise and what the technology can actually do. Wow. So loading will be as fast as, you know, just walking into another door in real life. I mean, right? when we get 6G, right? 30 terabytes of information a second. Holy shit. 
at the, at that rate, you can get realistic textures. You can get um, fully rendered things, so you don't have to unrender or re-render things. So you can preload things, so there isn't a delay, which oh, is great. Geez. Because because that's like, what if you were like you know, in a video game and instead of like walking to the door to get to the next point, uh, you get that big loading screen, like loading next scene. But what if it said, Hey, you're 15 feet from that door in the video game. Odds are you're probably going to walk through that door very soon because that's the normal progression of the video game. We're going to quickly load up the next level. So it's seamless. So once you go through the door, you're in the next level and there's no way it, that way it just feels like it's part of the same level. Wow. Or you're not in VR porn. You're about to finish and then buffering. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no buffering for you. <laughs> so, so um, this is very interesting stuff, man. And what do you think about this technology and um, any negative effects? Do you think it will like affect humanity's evolution in a negative way? Like we'll depend um, on technology too much. Well, here's the thing. You, with every new generation, you have your own successes and pitfalls based on the technology that's readily available to you. No technology is inherently evil. It's just you have terrible people doing terrible things with it. I agree. Right? So that's, you know, while we are the most connected a uh, group of mammals to ever exist, you know, in the timeline of humans. We also have like sex trafficking. Oh yeah. You know, we have people you know. doing cancel culture even when it's not needed, right? Like we have Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, we have people who you know, run false news stories, you know, to sell ads, right? And big time. And you know, mom, you know, she didn't grow up with the internet. She's not fully aware of the consequences of what's real and what's fake. They just, you know, take everything at base value and they're like, That's a good Oh point. my god, did you hear what you know so and so politician did? This is I'm like, no, that's a that's an onion article, mom. Yes, or the yeah, yeah, the satire, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it's I mean, even like even if you look at like uh say Fox News. Fox News has to put on their website that this is for entertainment purposes only. Wow. Because, because the news that they have is so opinion-based that the fact that they can't call it facts 100% of the time is, you know, you know telling of the, the audience because they're pandering to certain people with certain core beliefs and who – basically are running inside of an echo chamber right so it's just reinforcing the little things that they think and they're like oh no so and so says that's right so it must be right because it backs what you know i i thought but when new information that may be correct comes into play it's called cognitive dissonance and it basically goes oh this challenges my core beliefs I'm now mentally in pain, so I'm going to reject that information because it challenges my beliefs. Yes, and you see that in the internet all the time. People all the arguing. time, all the time. And so, it, so again, technology is not bad. It is just bad people do bad things with it, and then good people do good things with it. 
I think it's funny how you were mentioning about like you know older people um not realizing the satire articles and stuff like that because the technology. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's fucking hilarious. You talk about that because not a lot of people talk about that. But you know, like I'll show my mom a meme. You know, it's like somebody's face, and they'll say something funny, something relatable, and you show her a meme, and she'll be like, "Who is that?" And I'm like, "Never mind." I, I, I love, I love my mom, um, but every once in a while, she shares a story like that, and then her friends who are at that same age jump on to like reinforce it, and be, and 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 then like, look, I'm. I'm 35 in six days. Like I am like, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. And the fact that you have people in that like age range, I remember when, you know, your diapers were being changed. I'm like, I can, I'm old enough to run for president. What is wrong with you? Like that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. (laughs) They still see you as the baby. Oh, of course. Because like I, a long time, a couple of years ago, I remember this news article going, do you think millennials should run for Congress? And then I'm like, if you understand how time works, like we kind of have to. <laughs> to keep it going, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. Like you do have these lifetime politicians who, you know, grasp to the old ways. And then you have, you know, you know, basically sessions where they call in big tech giants and then they, you know, ask them very basic tech questions. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? How do you not have a 22 year old intern working for you to explain how WeChat and Facebook aren't the same company? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, there's right now we're in talks about this whole like TikTok ban, right? Oh, yeah. And what's interesting is like TikTok isn't as like they don't collect as much information as say like Facebook does. But Facebook has never been on, you know, been to the point where there's an executive action against them, right? Um, And when you look at applications like that you basically have to go all right so we're americans right we have freedom of choice and we have freedom of uh consequence right so i know as a technology professional everything that tiktok you know stands for i know that they're that the video information doesn't get actually get shared with the chinese government because I know everything in America gets sent over to a server farm for, for hosting in Singapore. What? Yeah, so it's, it's not even going to China. And they were making plays to basically have it hosted here in the US. And that's when an executive order basically came against them and WeChat because you know there is a sense of hey, uh, yes, the Chinese government can see these potential things. Um, just don't use the app. Like, you're free to not use the app if you don't want those sort of consequences, right? Very true. I, I, I don't think it's that hard of a, you know, that difficult of a concept, right? If you don't want something, don't use it. Oh, hey, uh, you know, smoking is bad. I'm like, don't smoke then. 
Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> smoke. You know, weed is terrible. Don't smoke weed. Or people are like, Facebook is evil, and they're posting it on Facebook. <laughs> I'm I'm against, you know, alcohol. Then don't drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then if somebody actually has a problem, take them to an AA meeting. But it's for quitters. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and, uh, you know, oh, dude, it's so funny. Uh, my dad... He likes to go on YouTube and watch videos and stuff. And the, he's like, Chewy, there's going to be a Titanic 2. And I'm like, what? And he shows me this trailer on YouTube. And it's so fucking fake. It's like, Jack is back out of the ice. And like, they, with this like poorly CGI block of ice. God, I, I know people that make those videos. <laughs> yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, of course. <laughs> and then they got like, you know, splices of other scenes of Leonardo DiCaprio's movies and put them together to make a story. And I'm like, dad, this is fake. He's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, he's not familiar yeah, with that. The, <laughs> you're going to love this. We, yeah, we, uh, we remade um, Avengers, uh, the first part, Infinity War. Uh, we remade the trailer, but everybody had googly eyes. Oh, I love that, dude. I got to look that up. <laughs> it's it's on the YouTube channel, man. And uh, what's your YouTube channel again? Uh, Studio Cap On. Like you put a cap on your head. Nice. Oh, yeah. my God, all, dude. Last part, all one word. So studio, then capping. And, and uh, we, uh, we're we about this week, uh, we'll hit uh, our 10 million view mark. Fuck, man. Right? Holy shit. And, and we're getting ready to release our uh, next 360 video. I was actually working on it right before, you know, we had to jump in to do this. And it's Sonic the Hedgehog. And um, how long did it take you to get there, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so we we rebranded and we really started to hit our mark about two, two and a half years ago. Damn, man. Right. Um, but if you look at the social blade analytics for future projections, uh, we actually know in about a year and seven months, a year and eight months, uh, we're going to hit our hundred thousand subscriber mark. Put so it, it, keeps us, it keeps us motivated. And that's only if we don't upload another video because our, our, we have so many videos that are evergreen that keep getting more and more views. So I mean, we, we did the Super Mario video that, you know, went viral. We did Pac-Man's Haunted House, which Pac was Pac-Man's Haunted House? Yeah, yeah. I, I took a look at, like, the, uh, the layout for uh, Pac-Man. I turned it into a haunted house, and then I put the ghosts in there. And you're basically playing as Pac-Man going through the maze. That's fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, we also did um, my first VR project that was my first success is on there. It was actually the number one 360 video rental on Steam when it launched. And it was the number one for about 30 days. It was also a official selection at the Seattle International Film Festival and it debuted at Seattle Fashion Week. Damn, man. You got me all excited about VR now. I I'm really good, then I'm doing my job, Chewy. <laughs> I'm just afraid of falling. I see so many videos of people. Fuck, like, <laughs> they just lose where they're at, you know? Do, sit in a chair. Sit in a swirly chair. Oh, right? 
I really want to try those uh, VR zombie games. Fuck, they look crazy. Oh, man. There are a lot of really good ones. Um, let's see. I can pull up my my uh, Steam list and see oh, nice. about, like, what are some good games. Uh, number one, uh, the Rick and Morty VR game. I oh, recommend. fuck. Right? I love Rick and Morty. Who doesn't like Okay. Uh, accounting is probably one of my favorite VR games ever. I love putting people in it for their first time. Uh, Beat Saber is great. Blasters of the Universe, if you're a fan of, like, 80s content. Oh, is that, like, uh, the alien invasion or um, what's it called? No, no, no. It, it's basically, like, a retro shoot 'em up but it's inside of VR. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Half-Life Alex is one of my new favorite VR games. Um, when it's I was an actual at Half-Life game? Yeah, yeah. They came out with a VR-only Half-Life game. What? It was like the newest Half-Life game in like a decade. So, uh, fun fact, I was at SIF uh, when my, uh, my film was showing, Journey VR. And I went to a panel that Steam was, that Valve was actually giving. And I answered a question and they gave me a family and friends pass. And I entered it and it gave me their catalog. And what I didn't know was it updates. So I, when it launched, it ended up in my library automatically. And I didn't know for like three days of having it. And I was like, oh, I have Alex, what? <laughs> so, so me and my roommate, we like played it for the next two days. It's great. Damn, I, I definitely got to try that. I'm, I'm a big fan of Half-Life. And uh, I was kind of like with everybody else, they kind of just gave up. They're like, oh, they're not coming Dude, out. Another. Buddy, if you have the money, get a Vive. A Vive? Get a Vive. Get, a, get an HTC Vive. Uh, there are people who have given up on VR or upgraded. You can buy them for a lot cheaper than they are new. And get Alex. Get that and Beat Saber, dude. My, uh, my roommate, he lost 70 pounds playing VR. What? Yeah, what? no, he was like this big dude with a Viking beard when I first met him. He's slim and trim, and it's all thanks to playing VR. Was it Beat Saber or anything? It was Beat Saber. I got it. He lost 70 pounds <laughs> playing Beat Saber. Bro, I, and then I like oh, the oh. music on there, too. Uh, Beat Saber and, uh, God, what is the other one? Um, it's not PUBG. It's not CS:GO. Standout. Stand he was playing Standout, and because in VR, if you want to crouch, you have to physically crouch. What? He was yeah. He was doing like 500 squats every time he played. Holy shit! Right after you're done gaming, your legs are like spaghetti. Oh, what the fuck! Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. I definitely gotta try Beat Saber now. See, that's another benefit of a uh, VR, bro. Your health, exercise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in quarantine, that's how I've been staying trim. Just play some Beat Saber. I love it. I definitely gotta get it, man. And um, hey, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. You're you're great, man. Uh, and uh, so where can people find you and find your stuff? 
so if you are interested in hitting me up, sending me a message or connecting, Twitter is actually the best way to do it. And it is cap and design. Uh, you'll know it's me because it'll be the one with the blue check mark. Uh, if you want to see the stuff that we've produced uh, via YouTube, Studio Cap'n on YouTube. And then if you're interested in the company that I run, because we do produce, you know, shows and we do explainer videos and animated shorts, that sort of thing, StudioCap'n.com. Awesome, man. And um, yeah, the exciting stuff. This is the future, bro. 360 videos, VR. Oh right? my God, who knows what's next, right? <laughs> the Oasis, oh my God. And we uh, we just got a major sponsor from this company called uh, Puget Systems. And they hooked us up with an $11,000 uh, render PC so we can get projects out quicker. Holy shit. Great partnership. Um, we, were, we were rendering our uh, Pac-Man video and it took us nine months to render it. It took 156 days. All right. Uh, and, and that's between like doing it on my Alienware PC and this MSI Triton 3 PC that we have. We did a test render on the new PC. Um, whereas we were doing 18 minutes of frame, this did 37 seconds. Holy frame. Shit, that means bro. we could have got our video out or, or all the frames rendered, which was the most time consuming piece of it in four days or maybe five days. Oh my God. That's quite the difference, right? That's like almost quantum computer type. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's the difference between 16 gigs of Ram and 250 gigs of Ram. <laughs> Fucking crazy, man. No, no P the guys at Puget Systems definitely, uh, you know, helped us out there. And so we're looking forward to getting more of these projects out. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, the 360 experience, on our YouTube channel that should be coming out probably in the next week. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. And I definitely got to check out the Avengers googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Chewy, buddy, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. And um, just real quick, um, do you have any advice as an entrepreneur uh, for anybody listening right now? Um, so... One of the big things that uh, kids usually come up to me when they see the like YouTube career and the show sold and, you know, me doing panels and podcasts and that sort of thing. Um, they always assume that uh, ad revenue from YouTube videos is what's going to pay you. And the downside of this is if you look at the top 3% of all YouTubers and you go to the very bottom of that 3%, the average YouTuber only makes about $17,000 a year wow. off ad revenue. So being a YouTuber is really more about using it as a marketing device to uh, your business or service or to sell products or to get sponsorships or, you know, product placements or things like that. There has to be some sort of business or marketing mentality behind the content that you produce. It's I not an, it's it's not enough to be a a, a personality. Um, if you're looking for people to follow who are experts on this subject matter, I definitely would follow uh, my friends over at uh, Video Influencers, uh, Benji and Sean. 
Uh, Roberto Blake is another great YouTuber that I love to follow and converse and talk about this sort of subject with. Um, yeah. And then Tim Schmoyer at Video Creators uh, is somebody that I've been following for a long time. And I definitely recommend his content uh, as well. Awesome. Shout out to those guys. And um, great advice, man. You, you got a very good point, man. You know, people think, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to be YouTube famous. Uh, YouTube's going to give me millions of dollars. And uh, No, like I, I, I say if you want to be a professional YouTuber, you're going to have to grind for 10 years. I love it. Sorry, Same. guys. It's not that easy. Everybody no. listening. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at PewDiePie, he got no views the first four years that he was a YouTuber. Mr. Beast, seven years Holy before shit. anybody paid attention to his stuff. At the end of like seven years, I think he had like 8,000 subscribers. Wow. Right? And now he's at what, 50 million subscribers? Now you can't go anywhere without hearing about him. Oh yeah. No, he, he did. So when he was about to blow up, he got connected with um, this group that's ran by Daryl Eves. And Daryl Eves is like one of the most influential behind the scenes YouTube people I've ever had the pleasure of shaking hands with. Um, he basically started this company where he knew how to make things go viral. He knew how to make channels take off. And when it looked like Mr. Beast was ready to hit like that critical mass to start to take off, they got connected, game planned, looked at their analytics and was like, this is what you need to do with your content. And now basically that whole YouTube channel is just a viral marketing machine. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, come watch me buy an island, you know, <laughs> watch a bunch of YouTubers try to win that island how to win a million dollars you know it's 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 all a long-term strategy game plan and if you want to actually get there um just know that nobody's going to watch your content for a long time and that is the average don't give up right absolutely no like the youtube channel i have now that's finally taken off this is my third youtube channel technically Oh, shit. No, my first one um, was right at the beginning of YouTube. And this like company that claimed to be a marketing agency reached out to me. And I didn't know any better because I hadn't been in this industry yet. And they were like, hey, give us money and we'll promote your stuff. And I was like, awesome. And here you go. And I started getting more views. I was like, man, for every dollar I'm giving these guys, I'm getting like $3 back in ad revenue. This is great. And what they were actually doing was just botting my account. Yeah. And, and, and so like when Google realized they were botting my account, they were like, sorry, you have suspicious activity. We're going to shut this channel down. And I was like, crap. And then I ended up working as a senior editor over at Comic Shop TV for four years. And it just couldn't keep up with like Geek and Sundry and all the other niche nerd channels. And so... Uh, that went away. And then when VR became a thing, you know, I had a personal tutorial channel that we converted over to the studio channel. And that's when it started taking off and doing really, really well. And our niche is now 360 animated films and visual VFX animated shorts. The future. The future. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on, man. Hey, man. It's been my pleasure. All right, man. You have a good, you have a good day. You too. Peace.
everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos for episodes, and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.